Yes, welcome to No Ideas Original featuring Chanel. So, Broke up a little bit. I said, welcome to No Ideas Original featuring Chanel, Mr. Robert Zane. What's good? How y'all doing? Good, brother. Everything good, man. Yo, so let's get to the business at hand. We got a big interview today. We got Shirt King Fade, legendary Shirt Kings. If you, if, if you don't know who Especially if you're from New York City, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Especially if you grew up in hip hop. If you grew up in hip hop and the streets and just been around the park and park jams and places like the Fever and the Tunnel and Black Quarters, you ain't have a Shirt King shirt, niggas was not paying attention to you, B, for real. <laughs> right. That's a fact. Yo, so we want to bring in our guests today. Shirt King Faye. What's up, brother? How you doing? Peace, Peace King. Going, Peace. Hi. How's it going, y'all? We, we see, I see we got um Justin. Is Justin your partner? Yeah, 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 yeah. We bring him in too. What's good, Justin? How you doing? Good evening, fellas. How y'all doing? I'm all right. What's up, bro? How you doing, brother? All feels good. Yeah, man. Yeah, yo. So let's get let's 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 start this off um, right away. So, um, Faye, let me let me just ask you. You know, for I'm from New York City, so of course I know that you know the history of Shirt Kings. You know, I, I know the work you put in. Yes, sir. Um, legendary. But Thank for our viewers and listeners, can you just tell us a little bit about your history and your transition from graffiti to fashion? Oh man! First of all, thanks for the opportunity. You know, to be on here, you know, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate what y'all doing for the culture. You know, anything that we do is the, the culture forward, you know. Mm -hmm. um, my story is, is, is a straight New York story, you know. Um, I see New York as always being the, the foundation to a lot of things, you know. Um, right. Whether we know it or not, we're still the nucleus. You know, um, about it. it's kind of like it's kind of like a, a like one of those 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 series, one of those stories where you know, like certain people is chosen go ahead and save the whole world. Like you know, I don't know what eras y'all grew up in, but you know, the era I came from, you know, it was like it was definitely devastating poverty. You know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was born in East New York, Brooklyn, and then I moved to the Bronx. When I moved to the Bronx, it was at the inception of hip hop. I was only a child, I was a baby, but I got to see it through my brother's eyes, my older brothers and one of my um, older cousins, and I seen how people will come back with, you know, different things like break dancing and, and, and DJing and just going through all the different levels of what life was throwing at us at that time, you know? So when I came up on uh, eight, I pretty much engulfed myself in the, in the graffiti part of it, you know? And, you know, fast forward, you know, I'm considered one of the pioneers of, of hip hop fashion. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Which is dope. And I tell you, as a kid, I grew up in the Bronx. I'm from the Bronx. And I was blessed. I don't know if you can see it. But I got me a Shirt King shirt. I had the Yosemite Sam. Yosemite <laughs> Sam with the side of his head that said, you fucking varmint. 
I had that. That was my shit, yo. <laughs> that was yours. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I love yo, and I and I and I and I, I I troubled my mother so much to drive me out to the Coliseum to get that shirt, mm-hmm. and she was like, "You know what? Let's drive out there and get it." I think I was about seventeen years old, son. But let me ask you: yeah. you being you being a graffiti artist, yo, what was your best burner? Best burner. Oh, you know, coming up in the PX, you know, it's full of competition. So, you know, you had to go through, through uh, like, a passage of rights, you right. know? That's right. And so, you know, I went to the high school of art and design, so when I got there, I was a toy. Like, no. I wasn't good at all, you know? No, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for those, for those that don't know, toy was like, yeah, you was whack if you had toy on you. Yeah, I was black, bro. You know, and cats told me that, and even made me change the name because I, I was writing Phase P H A S E, but I knew of Phase Two for the Bronx, who was the ultimate legend. Right. And I used to hang out with him, you know, and of course he used to go to Clinton, and uh, brother went to Roosevelt, but Phase Two used to go to Clinton, and he was the ultimate. So, you know, in anything in life. When you aspire, you want to be the best. So we didn't have the button yet. We had Dr. J. So when I played basketball, I wanted to be Dr. J. We didn't have Tyson yet. We had Muhammad Ali. Yeah, so, Ali. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I'm going to fight niggas like, you know, I'm going to be Ali. I'm going to be nice with the hands. Then when it came to the art, you know, we had phased. So I said, man, I got to be like him. So I took that name first phase three but when i got to high school you know cats like you know i say today they clown me and um you know but they didn't know you know i mean this is this is like like a storybook because this is not something that, that you know you don't tuck in you know you turn around and say you know what now i'm not really good you know so i went down the alphabet and created the name fade and from there, you know, I heard about this dude from Jackson Avenue um, named Case Two, who ended up becoming my, my mentor. Case is the they one. Were. Well, yeah. With the one I, grew, I grew up in Jackson Project. Really? Oh, stop playing. Building 700. Oh. <laughs> cool DJ AJ lived in that building. Yes, sir. Back yeah. Shout out to Fish. Shout out to DJ Fish. Swiss B. Wow. See, so so I used to hang out with the more house crew, you know, back in the more days. House. Right. Yeah, that's where Case was from. And um, you know, that's how I got my first introduction to the streets from Case. You know, I was 14. I was probably 13. He was 25 and he put me under the wing and mm. Arms used to be like, who's this grown man you bring to the house, you know? And she didn't understand that, you know, I, I had to get that knowledge that he had. I had to get that information that he had, you know? Right. So through him giving me my first, actually my second album, which happened to be a nice burner, that's mm-hmm. how I started getting nice. And mm-hmm. him giving me confidence, he was like, yo, he was like, look, little man, you know how to scale from your head, how to scale something small to something big. He said, you're going to be nice with this. 
you know. But he used to like kind of tell me, kind of like let go. He said I, I'm too rigid, you know. He used to try to like kind of like get me to use the force, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, I, so I did a couple of nice pieces on the train, you know. I think probably one of the best ones was when me and Case did a uh, a beam and fade, and, and you know. It was just those times when people used to smoke dust and all of that. So, you know, we was out there. So he tried to he tried to smoke. Um, he tried to um, do a, a a Mickey Mouse, and it came out looking just like it was dust. <laughs> 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 Where's your uh, you went to one eighty one eighty Gun Hill Road. Gun Hill Road. On a two. So y'all 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 wild out when y'all seen a white train, huh? Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, back then there wasn't many white trains that came like later on. We just had to go over who was already there. Yeah. You know, other legends that you know, but some cars you wouldn't touch. If you saw something, you'd be like, nobody went over. It, you know. That's right. That's right. Talk about how you met Almighty Knight and Kachin. Oh, uh, we all went to the high school of art design. Okay. So. You know, and I, when I got to art design, you know, I was pretty much already advanced because I was already running the streets. So when I got to high school, I wasn't like the normal high school kid, you right. know. So I tried to look for for air likes, you know, try to see other kids who were cool like me. Right. And I seen I seen Knight. You know, he walked by. He had the acrylic on his on a portfolio he had drew a r2d2 and then um and i had my my, um, my levi pants or five leaves where, where um, the graffiti going down the side of the pants you know so he was looking at my my pants i'm looking at his portfolio then he looked at my 360 ways i looked at his 360 ways yeah. Like, okay. I think this is a kid that could, you know, hang out with. I can with rock him. with you. I can rock with you. Yeah, I can rock with you. you know? <laughs> and um, you know, growing up, I, I've been always going back and forth to Brooklyn too, because my we're the only family that left Brooklyn and went to the Bronx. So every summer I spent in Brooklyn. Right. So I kind of understood this kid, and when I found out he was from Marty Projects, you know, it was like it was that territory that, that you know you don't really go into yeah I was able to get in there because of, of night you know we had become friends right 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 all right that's what's up man thanks man and with all uh tell us about um what what's what like who is who is who is some of your inspirations to make you want to start getting getting into the industry as far as you know, graffiti and putting it from the canvas to the trains and uh, putting on t-shirts, etc. I mean, I think when it comes to me, there wasn't no precedent to what I was doing. Like nobody was doing what I was doing before I was doing it. Like there were cats who were airbrushing. You know, there was people who were doing it at fairs. You know, you had a couple of other graph artists that, that were trying their hands at it. Um, but because of my street knowledge and information, you know, I used it as as a hustle. Right. I didn't even see it as a, um, 
I saw it as a way to make money, but I also saw it as a way in, you know, because watching my older brother, you know, he started helping and learning that culture. And then a lot of the uh, um, West Indian brothers came to the Bronx and stuff. And, yeah. And so you just, you know, you get this frame of mind, you know, they like, oh, they got herb cakes. You got to get there, you got to get there, you got to get there. Mm-hmm. I kind of applied that technique with my t-shirts, but it wasn't just a t-shirt. It was just, I have a new product to sell now. You right. know? I don't have to sell weed no more. I could, mm-hmm. I could utilize this, God give me a gift. And right. use it in the same in the same fashion. So I was able to fuse that and that knowledge didn't um spark until until like the crack era came out. And when the crack era came out, you know that was it, that was it right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't 85, 86. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let me ask you, and Justin, I'll be interested in also your your opinion on this. Um, you know, I feel like back in the '80s, hip hop. With back in the '80s, there was more of an appreciation for how graffiti and the hip hop culture married. But to me, it feels like that people have forgotten how much graffiti has actually contributed to hip hop culture in this particular times. And I don't. I mean, I don't know what that's about. I'm, I'll be wondering, you know, just from your perspective. What do you think? Like, how do we get people to come back around to understanding how how big of a role graffiti played in hip hop? Because now you see people are embracing break dancing again, and break dancing is going to be a part of the Olympics. So, what do we do to put that crazy back, back on the main stage? Um, I believe we can bring awareness. Um. Uh, creating a lot of the things that we're doing right now, um, as far as like a series, like you had the uh, the one about the Bronx on Netflix. Uh, you know, you, you bring the you bring awareness to a lot of the younger generation, which which right. inspires them. Also, um, a lot of the work that we've been doing, um, which really hasn't been um, publicized at all, and only the people that know really know is um, like you know bringing the knowledge to recreational centers, bringing it to schools. Um, a lot of the arts are removed from the schools currently, so bringing an in blend that can um, enlighten the children and give them an, another perspective and giving them an outlook, I think that would be quite interesting. And, and we're, we're working on a few things right now, there's some awareness to the younger generation as well, so. Yeah. It's just always interesting to me when you think about like some of the stuff, look, look, at, look at hip hop as itself, you know, like people thought it was just noise and now it's been monetized and everybody's made tons of money off of it. And then you look at graffiti, like before, I'm sure, Fade, you probably experienced being chased by the cops for doing graffiti. Now it's on all the urban streetwear and people making millions of dollars. Definitely. I mean, I mean, that came with the the territory, you know? Right. He was going to get chased. The object was not to get caught. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yo, Faye, talk about, and I wanted to show you this. I'm a, I'm a bit, a bit of a fan. So I'm kind of nice too. I got some skills too, bro. I'm put it out there. Yo, talk about being the first to commercialize graffiti. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I said, there wasn't no, no precedent. You know, my, okay. my whole thing was, was, you know, the lifestyle, the lifestyle that, that I was living. 
you know, enable these ideas to come to the forefront. You know, if I never hustled before, I wouldn't have a hustler's mentality approach to the You know, if I listen to, to my peers who said you can't be an artist and have a business mind, then you know what I'm saying? So I had to break a lot of mold, a lot of moments that we you know, like when I used to run with a, a specific crew, they used to be like, this was a, a rap crew. They used to be like, yo, you gotta pick something. You gotta pick one thing and just do that well. Yeah. But, you know, but if you know anything, you know, Jay-Z came out of our camp. So mm. that 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 destroyed that whole thing right there because he's not doing one thing. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You know, we have to understand ourselves as human beings that we're multifaceted. And in the brain, we only use a portion, third of our brain. So what are you going to tell to somebody who may be using half their brain, you know, or their whole brain? You know what I'm saying? It's a whole other level of thinking and truth, you know? For me, it's like, uh, catch up. Because these things that are, are going on today, you know, I was doing this when I was 12, 13 years old. Yeah. Right. Had to wait for the technology to catch up because I already had the vision, you know, already had the ideas. And I was like, man, what would happen if this could happen one day? What if, you know, you, you gotta, you, you have to force yourself to stay in dream mode for 30, 40 years until the whole world catches up. You know, sure. um, and, but I, w- I wasn't allowing people to overtake what I've been a part of, you know, that's why I'm still here. Let me ask the both of y'all, you can jump into this one too, Just how important is the imagination? You go first, Fed. I think it's very important and I think that it's, um, I, I think we should just pay attention to just how much they, uh, how much they want in our mind. <laughs> you, you know, uh, the medicine is very, very important. Uh, we have a lot of uh, representations of that. If you guys seen Soul, um, you know, it's, there's a lot of representations there. So I believe that the, the imagination is very, very important. And the reason why I asked that question is because I believe in the imagination, all things come out. Anything you see in front of you had to come from the imagination first. Even if in, even if you're in a problem or a situation you need to get out of, that's the first place you go. You know and say, and most people don't use it. And in fact, you used it, and look what it's done for you over the last four, 30, 40 years. You know what I'm saying? And one more question for you, Faye. Were you responsible for doing them backdrops on Forty Second Street? I bet you all of them shit yours, yo. Yeah, yeah, the whole team. We all we all did them. 42nd Street and uh, Jamaica Ave. Two Fifth, probably. Fifth Street, mm-hmm. Apollo Theater. You know, mm-hmm. all of those are ours, yeah. For sure. But uh, back to imagination, um, I mean, you have to, see, I'm a forward thinker, so I, I, I think ahead a lot. So I, I, I imagine things and, um, you know, it's just a gift from God. You know, He's allowed me to sure. see things, you know, before before they even go around. So, and that preserves us. So, an active imagination—if you allow somebody to kill it—you can end up 
you know, not being around, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just, a, it's just a thought process that allows you to, to survive for me. Right. Yeah. Justin and, and King Faye, take us back to back when Wild Style came out in the movie theater and like uh Beach Street and stuff like that. Like what would you guys think in uh in order to improve your craft and all of that and transition from what you guys were doing then to the next echelon? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Well, you got you understand that hip hop is a gift, right? That God gave us to free ourselves, you know, so we wouldn't be in captivity. Otherwise, we'd be working nine to fives, you know, for 30, 40, 50 years for a pension that might never come. You know what I'm saying? Through, through hip hop, we've we allowed to be. Uh, creators and you know and God is a creator and he's made us in his image so therefore we are creators you right. know so we do anything less than you know then we're not living to our full potential so if you think of a Melly Mel who I feel is kind of like I won't say the first born because I know it was Coco Rock and a couple of other MCs but Melly Mel was the first to, to put the words in such a way that they were prophetic and, and, and really powerful and street heavy and there were stories, you know. He patterned himself after the last poets, you know, who, who were my heroes, right. you know. So when I heard of Melly Mel, I was like, whoa. And then to a, a beat, you know, that, that was intriguing. Yeah. So when Beat Street came out and he said um, he said just movies, museums, and the Hall of Fame, that's in his lyrics. Right. So he didn't know he was drop he was dropping seeds on little kids like me who were listening. Yeah. And I was like, man, I could be in a movie. I could be in a museum. Mm-hmm. Or make it to the Hall of Fame, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All in one breath. Right. Bro. So that changed my whole trajectory to something else. So when the crack era came out, that's when I felt, okay, now my back is up against the wall. Am I going to sell? You know? Or am I going to use all the training that I've been doing since a young kid? You know, I followed a lot of the, uh, a lot of the 5% teachers at one time. Nation of Islam, everything. You know, I'm a Christian now, but I followed all these different schools of thoughts that allowed me to hold my hand from even thinking about destroying my own people. Yeah. So I always followed the lyricism. You know, I followed the Rock Hill. You know, the Melly Mel. I followed uh, the Kumo D. Kumo D. You know, I was in a stupor when I heard his music and, and he came out with, with Turn It Up. Yeah. You know, I think it was 1984, 80, 85. 84 going into 85, he came out with Turn It Up. And he started talking about, he said he's an entrepreneur. And he woke me up. I've heard like, the words before, so back then. Yeah, <laughs> right. just like a, 
Ancient spirit, feel it, hear it. A metaphor for a living, bass amplified when fully applied. All adversaries become terrified. Mm-hmm. Cause I see rhymes and erode them, then decode them, you know? Right. Like, no, what the hell the is Wordsmith. Like, right. I'm like, these words is real big, you know? <laughs> he made me pick up a dictionary because I was like, what's a metaphor? What's an entrepreneur? What's what's a poetic style? You know, so these 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 poets, you know, made me question where I was at in life, you know, mm-hmm. and so then you know then the Nas's and then the Rakim's and the you know and then the Kendrick Lamar. It's just like certain people got certain things. You know, I think Little Baby got it too. Yeah. And, you know, you know, and, and this is small. It's a small. It's a small few, but they give you instructions. You know. Right. I would say also. I would say J Electronic and also J Cole. Just sneak them in there. Oh, for sure, for yeah, sure, yeah. for sure, for sure, for sure. Definitely, J Cole. You know, when I first seen him, you know, when I heard his music, I, you know, I was like, all right, whatever. But when I went to um, Rolling Loud uh, two years ago. And seen him perform and seen his commandment of the stage. Yeah. Blew me away. Wow. 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 That's dope. That's dope. Yo, and by the way, I mean, look, my my kids, I mean, I forced my kids to watch B Street. That's how, yo, that's the the affinity I have for B Street. I forced them to watch B Street. Yo, so born in Brooklyn, moved to the Bronx. How you end up at the Coliseum in Queens? How? You know, how'd you determine that, that that's where the spot was going to be? That, that, that was, you know, meeting Kashim and, and art design. You know, that was my second Shirt King buddy who I met. And um, he was from Jamaica, Queens. Mm-hmm. He, was, he lived across the street from 40 projects. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I knew about 40 and kind of used to go out there with one of my cousins from Brooklyn because we had a girl named Eurasia that lived in, um, in Baisley. So we used to go to Eurasia, and then Eurasia would take us all around South Side and stuff. So I kind of knew people from one generation, but through Kashima, I ended up meeting a whole another genre of, you know, kids and stuff. And um, so me, Nike, the whole team from Marcy used to go and then hang out at Kashim's house and, you know, sleep over there. And we all go to Marcy and sleep over there. So when uh, when I ended up learning how to airbrush from one of my graffiti partners who was airbrushing, and um, he taught me, well, he didn't teach me, he put the airbrush in my hand and just let me go bananas with it, you know? And uh, uh, it was a series of things that led up to it, but if you know, how how hip-hop started going you know it was in the bronx and then it spread when yeah. it spread down south because a lot of people went to the military you know spread overseas and it just started to spread from different boroughs you know so by 84 85 you know queens was becoming hot you know yeah. brooklyn was becoming hot because we had the fat boys you know um, we had, LL. Right, we had LL, you know, and then obviously Run DMC. Yeah. Right. It seemed like Queens really just took it over. So 
or put the, 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 the validity stamp on it was Kashim because you know when I found him you know years later and told him about the airbrush thing and I was like yo let me teach you and you know we can make some bread doing this and he was like all for it and he was like yo I know Jam Master J and I just felt you know imagine yeah, rest I mean, yeah but if you yeah, rest in peace, my dog. But if you live in the Bronx, that don't mean you know Grandmaster Flash. You know what I'm saying? That's how I took that one. I lived in Jackson Projects, the same age projects, and I did not know Mel, and I see him all the time. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. so I had to take it at face value, and, you know, Kashim was like, he made a phone call, and his man Lovey came through it. Lovey happened to be um Run DMC is like right hand. I was Run's right hand man, and mm-hmm. he set it up. And we walked from from Jamaica all the way to Hollis one Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and man, we knocked on Jam Master Jay door. And wow. sure enough, Jay came out and he was like, "Yo, Kashim, what up?" You know, so it was true. He knew him, you know. And uh, I pulled out two shirts from my bag and showed it to him. And I think that's what gave me the battery in my backpack because this is like the number one dude on, you know, MTV just coming out. You know, this is the number one super group in the world. And he's talking about, yo, I want to buy some shirts for you. And y'all need to go to Jamaica Ave and open up. Mm-hmm. I'm not no fool, you know. So right. I'm like, oh, what do have? So everything else became dead. I was like, no more Bronx. <laughs> Harlem was still, you know, here and there because there was still money coming through Harlem. The Bronx already was kind of burned out. Like, mm-hmm. like the life shelf over there was my twenty twenty five dollar t shirts, you know. Right, right. It never, it never topped that. It never went past that, you know. Dudes was too familiar. Dudes was getting a lot of cake that they didn't want to spend. Mm. You know, Queens had a different vibe about it. You know, dudes would get money, and um, they wanted to be hot. Yeah, so that's when it jumped up to a fifty dollar t shirt. Mm. You know, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Talk about. Well, there's a there's, there's so much to cover, man. Cause I, growing up in the Bronx and watching, just watching all this material materialize, all these different fashions. But something something dawned on me. I was like, y'all were the first people to introduce cross advertising. So mm. To to have Mickey Mouse wear a Gucci jacket with some Pumas leaning on a Mercedes. That was all advertising. Right. Pure advertising. Yeah. How, how, how important, or explain, how important fashion is to the hip hop culture. You know what I'm saying? As, as far as, you know, what it, how it made you feel to wear certain things. Mm-hmm. So, I'll take a quote from Dan. You know, he said that he, what he did, he took what was already there, pretty much remixed it or sampled it and blackenized it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, so you know, going to the high school, I just kind of Manhattan, you know, we from the Bronx, Kashin from Queens, and Nike from, from Brooklyn. You know, we we were trained for this, you know, 
art right. design themed us in advertising, cartooning, photography. Right. right. You know? All right. So, yeah. You know, so yeah. we were in that in that in that field of subconscious. You know, subconscious. Right. We were already in advertising field, but they trained us that way. You know. <laughs> now, when it came to the cross branding, you know. Um, it was pretty much us not only blackenizing the characters, but uh, formatting characters that look like us. Record yourself, I'll be right back, King. So it, it was more, it was more, okay, we want to take a Mickey Mouse. We we wear feline suit, so it's gonna make so much sense for him to wear a feline suit, you know. Right. I got this little piece around my neck, so I'm gonna add that on to him too. Or oh, it was things that we aspired to have, you know. Right. You know, we might not have been wearing Gucci yet. Um, we had like Gucci frames because you know our design is around the corner from the Gucci store, so we already were in there. You know, and we were going and buying um, these St. Florence and all of that already. So we really had that fetish for, you know, that I type call of it fashion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But through the, um, our drawings, just, just scribbling, you know, doing B. It was a combination of taking the B-Boy character. Yeah. You know, something from the world. Yeah. You know, putting it all together to make sense, you know, for us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of look at you and Dapper Dan as like hand in hand, you know, like have, having the same kind of impact um, on the culture. And, and to me, I just I always step back and I say like these things when it when when it was going on, it was us. We lived through it and we knew we knew the value of it. But now it seems like mainstream America has embraced it. So now you see all these ads and shit about Dapper Dan and stories and, and all this stuff. Um, you know, and now people are starting to really do their research and learn the history and everything. Um, besides you and Dapper Dan, is there anybody else you can think of from, from that era that possibly hasn't gotten there just due yet? Well, first of all, Dapper Dan is my mentor, you know. I met him uh, in the 88. You know, I popped open the store in Miami in 88, and I came back and popped open a, a shop across the street from uh, 125th Street in the park, not 125. Yeah. And Dan came down uh, a couple of months later and was like, yo, you know, I'm hearing about your name. I'm hearing y'all, y'all are popping. Um, we service the same people. She was like, come, come move down here with me. And I'm like, I'm in prime, you know, I'm across the street from the Apollo, you know, like we got access. You right know, in the mix, baby. Right in the mix. Oh, you know. mix everything. Yeah, but I made that choice and I closed my shop up and went down with that, you know. All right. And uh and I, I stuck with him through the through the whole everything. I was there when they raided raided his spot. You know, I was there when uh Sotomayor came and gave the letter. Oh, wow. You know, like, you know, I was there for the whole thing, you know, that's, you know, he put me in his book, you know, but, um, what was the question again? <laughs> I was saying, like, who, who else from that era hasn't gotten there just too? Because 
again, we we lived it. You know, we lived it, so we know what it is. We know what it's about. Yeah. But I think that there are other people that respect. I mean, like they just do. I can name some names, but did and I will. Um, this is um. Me and me and Nap is like in a in a different um, stratosphere because absolutely we never we never we always kept our brands we never you know never ventured off and yeah a lot of these people want to to go get the other money and and but they still want to call themselves black brands and all of that mm-hmm. you know what you need to do is like what Dap did he partnered. And so he maintained who he is, yeah. you know, and and they that they gave him. They're like, yo, you keep all the money. Like they not even taxing that. Like the yeah. he's doing with with Gucci is all him, you know. So so it is a certain level of integrity that me and that have that's totally different from anybody I can really mention, mm. you know. But I can mention people like Shabazz Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We need their just do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um but the thing is a lot a lot of these people end up they end up going corporate. Mm. They they uh, take the corporate money. Become somebody else. It's oversaturated then. As far as the art form. No, it's really just the um just it's something that somebody gave you, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you allow another entity to come in, then mm-hmm. you, you you sacrifice some of your your integrity, right? You know? That's right. You do. Mm-hmm. They got an agenda too. You know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. So there's a point where that can happen, but if you maintain your your personal identity within it, then cool. There's a lot of people that don't own their names. Mm-hmm. You know, there's rap artists that don't own their name. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why Prince said, "You know, I'm a slave to the system." Mm-hmm. So a lot of these people who said they're black brands, they actually turned themselves in and became slaves. Mm-hmm. You know, and then perpetrate like, "Oh yeah, I'm still, I'm still a black brand." And this in a face. Yeah, right. our face, you black face. That's what you hear me. <laughs> you know, and and here here it is. I don't have a problem with that because people going to do whatever they got to do to eat. Mm-hmm. But as far as the integral part of it, me and that was like the, the last two standing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? Now also. Now go ahead, Shana. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what you want to do. Like you want to, at the end of the day, you want to partner with somebody because if you partner nine times, nine times out of ten, you get to keep your vision. You know, and people are coming on because they see value and what it is that you're doing. You think about like the impact that you guys had on the culture. Again, I just keep going back to that because all those pieces that Dapper Dan was making, it got on Gucci's radar, and Gucci said like, "Yo, we we need we need to be making this. This is a demand that we need to be making this." Right. And I also thought it was it was, you know, how how you you know, my thing was you created fly. Oh fuck. Street Kings created the idea of wanting to be fly. The idea of I want that. That's what I want. Matter of fact, I can create that. You know, 
how, how did it feel creating street fly burning bombers and then dealing with corporate going into corporate doors like supreme champion nike and still holding your integrity like you said you had to hold your integrity hold your name but you had to merge too because there's a bigger market they they got the keys to the larger market See, this 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 the thing. This is the book that 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 it just I mean this is an incredible book that has to be written because the stuff that I did in the streets, right? It translated to corporate and I'm gonna show you how. Mm-hmm. I was part of a graffiti team. My team is TNT. Right, and then we formed TC5. TC5 is part of Rocksteady. All right, in TC5, we had younger members. One of those members is the head of Supreme now. Right, so it's already paid forward where I don't have to give up my integrity. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Amazing, right there. So good. That's so good, right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you cut. Look, look where Jay's at. Come on, Jay lives right on the fifth floor, and Nike lives on the first floor in the same building. So right. that type of deal happens. You know, you know, people might say, "Oh, this or oh that," but they don't know the history that we mm-hmm. already have. You know. So uh, I'm, I'm saying I feel I'm, I'm so protected right now. Like, like God is just paying everything for it, you know. And that, that, and, and Wes, you know, as Supreme, he's not like the only person that's in position. There's so many others, man, that right. that happen to be there. You know, um, I did something with Nike because one of my peoples, you know, he's a creative director up there, and I didn't know. But they had my stuff up on the screen, I guess about the jack meet. And he was like, yo, why don't you just contact him? Mm. Like, we don't know how to do that. He pulled out the roller deck, boom, got me on the phone. And there I am doing something with Nike, mm. you know? So you gotta remember the, the dudes who's corporate now is the ones that they grew up, they grew up right. with us, you know? Right. Yeah. So legend, legend has it that uh, were you the one that actually introduced uh, Jay Z to uh, Dapper Dan? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, um, I think it must have been around '89, and you know, I would ask Jay like to come through, but he was like, he was like, I'm not going through there because I know that place is being watched, and, and you know, a lot of different uh, <laughs> people, you know, intersect there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So eventually I got him uh, to go because we were, we were, um, Jay came into town to, to do a show with, with Jazz. Jazz was traveling with um, with Jody Watley and they were doing Carnegie, uh, Carnegie Hall. Wow. Yeah, so, uh, so they sent the memo or whatever. I think they probably picked this up from the Coliseum. And um, we went to Harlem for some reason. And I was like, yo, it's time for y'all to meet Dapper Dan. And they was like, nah, 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 you know. We ain't we going up. Pulling up there. Nah, yeah, we ended up pulling up there. And um, 
And they came inside, you know, that was like, yo, who these dudes? Who these, who these Brooklyn dudes? You know? <laughs> and I was like, nah, that's my people's, you know? But that guy is sharp, you know? Like, he knows, you know, he saw what I didn't see, you know? He just knew, he just knew Dre was a hustler. Like, he was like, real oh, he's one of the OG OGs, dude. Yeah, he see through you, too. That, that got a gift, bro. He got a gift, man. He, he He's Neo, for real. <laughs> Morpheus. <laughs> yeah, he's Morpheus. My bad. <laughs> I will, I will say, I will say this though that I, I, I give a lot of credit to. Like, there's a lot of, a lot of young cast that's into fashion now that they really reaching back and they really doing, they doing their, their research and bringing stuff out the woodwork. Like, uh, like you said, like you know, you look at Supreme, like all these partnerships, they really make sense. And seeing younger kids embrace it, and and seek it out to me is like it's rewarding like i um i recently joined the clubhouse app i don't know if you're on clubhouse did you really you got clubhouse yeah yeah i'm on the clubhouse app and i go into like some of the fashion rooms and i just listen in and one time i was listening in and it was this huge debate on um they were talking about fashion and they were talking about designers and they were talking about older designers versus newer designers and there was a dude in the room that was really just saying like that this is huge divide in the fashion world about old designers versus new designers but listening to like the newer designers talk it was like a lot of the a lot of the newer designers was they were really like reaching out and wanting guidance and seeking guidance from the older designers like have you had that experience where any of the the the, the young cats pulled up on you and was like yo i really admire the work that you put in you know i want to partner with you i want to do something oh most definitely i I'm, the way that has embraced me, I've embraced like a lot, a lot of the younger kids in the, in the community. You know, um, I don't know if you heard of Ian Connor. Yeah. Yeah, I spoke to him yesterday. Um, you know, I work with Ian, I work with Rocky, um, I work with uh, Kanye, you know. Mm -hmm. I, you know, but I'm working with, with like, Orge, you know? Orge mm -hmm. um Rocky's people. I'm working with this kid, Greg, Greg Ross. That's Kanye's people, mm -hmm. you know? So they, they reaching out. They reaching out. You know, I'll be working with Meek Mills. You know, I'm working with, with a couple of, I'm working with him through Fatima. Fatima's from Harlem, and she's a big-time stylist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're, they're, they're reaching out, and... They come over, I'm working with this other kid named Luke who runs a brand called Sicko. Yeah. yeah, so Luke is the, the head guy over there. It's Ian Connor's brand, but Luke is running it. So, you know, he was over here yesterday. You know, they're, they're, they understand the value, you know, and, and accessibility. And, and my doors is open for, for the youth. Yeah, really, you know, that's what I'm here for. Really, more mm -hmm. for youth, like to, to give them what they didn't get a chance to get from possibly their own parents. You know, because I grew up in an era where, you know, I got a lot of jewels. Uh, you know, and those jewels are needed today. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah, absolute fact, bro. Yep. Rob was saying earlier too about cross cross promotion, and you know what to me was cross promotion too. When I think like rap artists realize and record labels realize the um 
you know, like the power of your creations. Cause you see like the like audio two on, I think on the album cover had the shirt king, you know, right. and stuff like that. How, how does something like that come about? Uh, usually the label, the labels. Well, actually it starts with the artists and the artists make a suggestion. Right. You know, like I just did a design for Yams Day. Oh, okay. You know, they reached out and they wanted a specific design, you know, to, to represent their brother, you know, who who I knew and used to go to his house. Wow. You know, or sit down and kick with the yams for, for, for hours. We used to be in the crib for hours, you know, just talking and stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm hands on. Like, I, I actually know these kids, you know, like I'm sit down with them and, and hopefully we have the power to change their mind, you know? That's right. Now, also being that, you know, we, 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 we brought up uh, ASAP. Uh, tell us, tell us um, the relationship with uh, ASAP Ferg father, Daryl Ferguson. Well, Daryl, that was really one of my best friends also. We went to the high school art design together. Mm-hmm. So he, um, he was kind of like the, with uh, me and him, it was more, uh, I think, like a yin and yang type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, me, Nike, and Kashim were, were different. It was more art. You know, they didn't come from the streets, so they weren't, they weren't like built that way, but right. they were built that way. So I think right. that had a different understanding. It's like when he see me coming to Harlem one day to come re up, he's like, yo, what are you doing? Like, you know, and I'm like, doing what you do you know and he's like he would always kind of still even though we the same age he would do that big brother type thing you know when when i got in trouble you know daryl was like come work with me Mm. and he had the thing going on at st john divine on 110th street and he had the silk screen equipment down there and he was teaching kids and you know, while I was going to court and everything, I was going down there helping him. He wrote me the beautiful letter to take the court with me. You know, me and Daryl had a different street understanding, art, respect for each other. Right. So to the point where, you know- It was genuine. He, it was genuine. Yeah, it was but. genuine. We're family, you know? And so his son comes here comfortably, you know? That's right. He comes here, you know, he's like, oh, it's Uncle Fade, you know? Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Tell us, tell us for the for the for the people that's viewing in, right? Tell us how you linked up with with, with Justin. That was my oh, next. Justin could tell that. Into <laughs> the party, Justin. Go ahead, Justin. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Um, yeah. So, um, Fade's Fade's like Fade's like my mentor. Oh. Um, I'm from I'm from the Bronx, from uh, the Valley. Um, too far from Conway Road. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. This world is too small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeping it real. Here it is. You from you know about Jackson and St. Mary, and I'm from Boston Road. That shit is crazy. Which yeah. Boston Road? What part? Well, up, uptown. Oh yeah, Boston, I live in Chester. Avenue, East Chester, Gun Hill Road, mm-hmm. all that. It's middle East Chester. Say word. Of course, my best friend was from Boston. I'm from East Chester. Small world, man. That's crazy. 
Yeah, That's Shannon, it. Shannon Holmes, we know each other. Okay. Shannon Holmes, we had him last yeah, week. Yeah, we just, we just interviewed him last week, Shannon Holmes. I saw him. Yeah. That's what we Actually, Shannon, Shannon Holmes, Shannon Holmes going to do a part two coming up. Uh, in, in the next couple of weeks. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to digress too much because I want Justin to, to add his. Yeah. My man, right. my man Mark Hayes said to shout you out too. Mark Hayes is another artist too. Yeah, indeed. Him, he did the yeah. yeah, he did the Pete Rock shit. Yeah, he's the Pete mm. Rock. Huh? Yeah, he's from Hillside. He's from Hillside. That's where I'm from, Hillside, yo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Big Justin, you think Justin? Let me cut the light oh, yeah. on. Okay. So, um, uh, I have a I have a childhood friend who has a TV show currently. Um, so at the time I was I was working doing like behind the scenes for him because I'm I'm a, I'm a film director and uh, okay. I'm the video editor. Um, what films you working on, brother? Plug yourself, man. Tell us all that. Oh well, I'm I'm, I'm working on uh, Sure King Face documentary. That's one of the pieces that we're working on. Right. So you guys can look out for that. You know, you guys have a lot Can't of wait things for that. Yeah, you have a lot to look forward uh, to in the next couple of years coming up. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for me, uh, I was just a young individual. I'm 35. So, you know, That's B Street, B Street, B Street, B Street, movies like that is like, uh, it's informing me of what I missed out on or, or, or what the terrain why the terrain looks the way it looks today, you know? Right. That's um, right. So mentor, uh, so Fade has always just been a mentor for me. Um, I was working at, uh, I was working at Black Ink film behind the scenes, and uh, he walked in with, uh, Fade walked in with his book. And uh, at the time, uh, Look crazy. you guys know, I know Caesar. Oh, thank you, King. That's my, that's my I'm, I'm, you know, I got Native American, but it's, it's my warrior look. That's right, that's right, that's right. You know. So um uh you know long story short he walked in uh, Fade walked in uh wanting to give his book to Caesar and he wanted to sign it for him and um at the time he was filming. So uh I was behind the front desk uh taking my you know just taking my, my behind the scenes shots and, and talking uh to the secretary there. So he, he inquired about having him uh be there while he's Signed and giving it to him, so I told him that he was he was a bit he was busy at the at the moment. So he came he came uh, came to me he's like, hey, can uh can you just take a picture for me and just give it to him? I give him the book. I said, hey, I, I, no problem. So I took a photo of him in front of Black Ink's uh, logo inside, and uh, I was like, hey, uh, where are you from? Because Fate actually had a, a hoodie on that I've only seen in my entire life. I've only seen about five people with it. Mm. It was a te- it was a teaser hoodie. If you remember uh, teaser that brand and the uh, the man named teaser Taz Arnold. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I've only seen Kendrick Lamar, uh, Jada Kiss, Fade, and, and a few other people ever in my life wear a hoodie. So when I saw him when I saw him wear that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pretty knowledgeable guy. So when I saw him wear that, when I saw him wear that. I was like. Nah, this guy's not normal. Who is this person? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I was like, I was, hey man, um, yo, let's, let's exchange information. And uh, you know, like, like, who are you, whatever. So uh, he started oh, enlightening me. He started, en- he started enlightening me. And he was like, you know, um, I'm about to fly out. I'm about to be back in, in LA where I live. He was like, um, 
you know, send it to me and then, you know, let's let's talk. So I, you know, I went home, got on the computer, emailed him. I, I edited a picture in like 2.5 seconds. Uh, <laughs> put my resume in the email, sent the email to him. And um, I was like, hey, when are you returning? He was like, I'll be back in a few months. Do you know that he came back to New York the same day that I had my third son? Same as like, I'll never forget it. September 29th. Um, so from that day, we just been, just been, we just been kicking it. He's been, I, he's been teaching me. Like I said, I'm from the valley. I know history of the land. Indeed, shout out to Valley Mob. Um, I know history of the land. I know the history of the, of the surrounding areas. I went, I went to Harriet Truman. Yeah, I went um, to Truman. He yeah, went to Truman. Oh, wow. I, I went there. I went there after I went to Mount Michael. I went to Mount Michael for uh, for a year or two. Um, but you know, I know, I know. Puffy went there. I know Blinky Blink used to live on Eli Avenue and and uh, Blink went to Truman too. Valley. Yo, son, that that part of the Bronx is undiscovered. There's so much town. Exactly. They can't, every, everything above 180th Street is undiscovered talent, my nigga. Like, what's the sense? It's a lot of energy up there. It's a lot, a lot of, a lot of big energy up there. So for of, me, as I, I'm a person that, like I said, I, I knew the the the, 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 the history of the, the terrain, the people that came out of there. I, I I'm, um, I'm a nephew of six uncles. My mom, it's seven children. My mom and her six brothers. So I had a lot of males to like see different like lifestyles. Influence, yeah, you got a lot of influence. Yeah, so I, you know, I went to private school, so my my thought processes was different. I, um, you know, I, I saw a lot of things. So I was like, you know, well, I see all these working people. What about the person that just like they live off their imagination and fade, 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 fade has been just he's been living a testament to it. Yes, yeah. sir. You know, because I, I have I have I have capabilities that I everything I see before it actually happens it starts in my mind. Right. Like I, I see the I see the final product in my mm. mind. So for me to actually meet someone who's who's in like of me, the A like the A like because it's definitely hard to come by. You don't you don't meet people who, who actually know how to utilize their mind or they, they actually uh, reap benefits off of their mind. It's not something that they actually going out to do it's just it's just information that's just coming in from somewhere which that's is right. the same it's the same laws that i operate under that's right yo and, and, so, and not not to cut the wisdom upon but there, but there 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 is there is a way to manifest every fucking thing you want in life mm. there, 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 there is no there is there's no cap on it mm -hmm. you can see it you hold a vision long enough, in time, it starts to materialize. It's probably how he ran into Supreme over all of years. Back in the days, you did rock steady to Supreme. Like, who would think that would come together? You know what I'm saying? And that's the beauty, that's the beauty of hip hop. That's the beauty of the art. That's the beauty of us, keeping it real. Yeah, yeah. That's the beauty of us all. Yo, Fred, I wanted to ask you, you still hold a black book, brother? <laughs> I mean, I, I have to. I, I, I got, yeah, I got black books. You, you know? got a couple black books. I know you do. I mean, I can tell, tell you a, a quick, amazing story about a black book, right? Um, I got an email one day. Well, I got somebody hit me up on Facebook and was like, 
yo, and sent me some pictures and was like, yo, um, is this the same fade from these pictures? And I'm looking at them and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it is, right? <laughs> so homegirl was like, um, she was like, yo, I found this black book. Wow. And and man, how do I begin this story? Okay, she was she used to clean up the train stations, right? Wow. She said in the nineties. Okay. Uh, she said lodged behind behind uh, uh, you know the seat, the wood. The wood? Yeah, wood. She found a black book. And she opened it up. She ain't pay no mind to it. She wow. They just give it to lost and found. Right. But she said when she looked in it, she said she felt it was important. So she gave it to the station girl and she was like, yo, hold this here and see if somebody comes back. Right. He ain't come back. It was like two months. So homegirl was like, yo, you can put it lost and found or you could take it, whatever. So she ended up taking the book. And, you know, she was like, this is too important to somebody. I'm not going to toss it, right? Right. So brought it home. Um, right. We actually end up getting sick, right, from the MTA. So she had to sue the MTA, so she couldn't work for them no more, right? Wow. So she ain't mine because she said, I'll just wait. So she stayed at home and was pretty much schooling her kid who had autism. Yo, she tells me that she took this black book and used to show the pictures to her son at a young age. And wow. he used to take tracing paper and trace over the outlines wow. of the graffiti in the book. Wow. So fast forward right now, he's in his second mm. year. You know, he's, and he's a dope graphic designer. Like, Look at that. basically, the graffiti art cured his autism. Damn. Yeah. But here's, here's, here's where it gets real ill, right? That's, that's somewhere, somewhere in that story, I want to add imagination. The young man used his imagination. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So here's the, but, here's the other side. Right. You know, she was like, um, oh, of course, she had won the case. So she ended up buying a crib, right? You know, she won the MTA case, ended up buying a crib. So everything was packed up. So when she was unpacking, she found the book again you know she hadn't seen it in like 15 years of, you know and she was like oh wow remember this and the son was like yeah she said i would still like to get it back to its owner and he was like ma we got the internet today google the person she was like oh shit you're right <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah you know her son you know he's like google so she googled and found out we already have been Facebook friends through a, a recording producer out here in LA who's from Brooklyn. Wow. He was already tight. She taught him how to do beats. Mm. He introduced me to her like five years ago, so we already were friends. Wow. That's so she was like, that's when she hit me, was like, yo, this is the same thing? And so she ended up mailing me the book. Mm -hmm. I, got, I got the black book right now. You know? Wow. Mm. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Dope story. That's a dope story. That's amazing. That's amazing. Man, let me ask you this: like, when you um, after like the shirts took off and everything, I noticed that there were other people who probably looked at it and they was like, "Damn, like I, I think this is catching fire." Uh, 
they they chimed they as a result of that they started doing their own thing on the side and you had like the the knockoffs what you know how did you make make sure that shirt kings because everybody knew there was a clear distinction between like nah bro that ain't that ain't from shirt that ain't it yo <laughs> so that's where the streets came in that's why you know you revert back to your your, your, your instincts and you you got to shut the block down um some dudes came in and you know they were they were pumping shirts upstairs and we were wondering why nobody was really coming downstairs and then the girls told us you know they was like yo there's some dudes you know airbrushing upstairs so me and little chase from moss we went up there and we ended up shutting the store down and um you know later that day we end up beating the dudes up and everything um they end up happen to be our best friends because what we did was take their artist and he became a shirt king so it's like you know you're not gonna pump on our block you know so we kept them down uh, and you know who could tell you the story it was it was mr cheeks and them it's the lb fam oh, wow. family today hey uh king say i think i, I think you did it you on the lag zane oh wow i just tell him he's on a delay yeah. Yeah, Zane, try now. Nah, he can't hear us. He can't hear us. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know you all, whenever, whenever you, you, you doing it, you know reputation is... It, Let know, me log on, log back in. Flattery, boy, people get flattered and they see your idea and they try to capitalize on it. So I have seen a lot of knockoffs popping up, but you're absolutely right. Like at some point you got to step in and you got to be like, nah, you can't have work on the same well, block. I mean, the alternative was we had 16 shirt kings. You know, mm. you know, we went from state to state. There was already, already, you know, somebody that that was there. You know, we went to Roosevelt, Long Island. Got my boy Icon. You know, mm-hmm. we went to Brooklyn. We got my boy Donnell. You know, we just gave jobs to people because that's what this. That's how I was trained. You know, each right. one. You know, that's the House of Rucker. You know, all of them stuff. So, that's you, right. you know, work with us because we already got the name. We already you know, blazing forward. So cats just pretty much joined on. So we had cats in Virginia. We had cats in Atlanta, cause right, we yeah. out in Atlanta. Uh, we went out to Virginia. We was in military circle. That's how I know Pusha T and his brother. You know, it was kids coming to the store. Mm-hmm. Pusha had a story about that within himself. You know, Atlanta, um, I popped open a shop in Miami. Uh, Baltimore, definitely Baltimore. Shannon could tell you that, you know. Shannon Holmes, you know. Right, right. Yeah, we had a shop in Baltimore. You know, I was in the Baltimore, D.C. area for like three years. You know, we, we was just pioneering. It was like, okay, sure. McDonald's could do it. McDonald's could sell murder cancer burgers. Yeah, you know, we selling, we selling life, joy, yeah. and fun. Right. Cool characters that. You know, you take your your childhood character and, and flame him up. You know, and he look crazy. You know, he looking he wearing what you wear. So let's mm-hmm. do that. He just franchise. You know, He'd go to a town, Trenton, whatever. You know, set up shop. Yeah, had my boy Prince out in Jersey at one time. You know, right. like yo, 
Shirt King label, you know, nice. for us now. That's yeah. right. That's right. So what? What? Um, tell us. Tell us about the the book because I, I did see the book, your book on on your website. And what exactly is the Shirt King Academy? Shirt King Academy is the teaching leg. This is the information that that I've accumulated that I feel that the youth need in order to become entrepreneurs and, and, and tap into their uh, creative juices and and preserve you know the history the right way for the next generation you know um has actually nothing to do with color or anything it just happens to do who's going to be the keepers of the flame you know like keep the real hip-hop alive you know and unfortunately there's people even pioneers today that don't want to tell real stories you know because you know they they They've been bitten by that bug, bro. So, right, lies is gonna get them paid. Then, then they wanna hold down the ones who have truth or speak truth. You know, right. You know, I'm one of the voices that I'm not gonna be silenced, man. Like this, like, like, like you said, like even the uptown Bronx part, like it's, it's still the story hasn't been told yet. Right, you know? that's right. And, you know, mm-hmm. rock is doing something, you know, from the Valley, Rocky, he's song, you know, he's one of the DJs we used to go to the Valley to go see, you right. know, and people don't know about that, you know, first time I've seen Grandmaster Flash was in the Valley, Valley Park, because Valley Park. there's no way, yeah, Valley Park, because there's no way we was going to be able to go to the South Bronx and, and survive, you know, right. <laughs> Uh, you know, they wasn't casting over crew. If you wasn't a casting over crew, you weren't a flash. If you wasn't Zulu, then you wasn't walking into this Bronx River. You know, you wasn't, you know? Right, so, right. Uptown, even Zulu came uptown eventually, you know, the Mark Terrace, but even still, it's like, you know, the uptown story just hasn't been, hasn't been told yet. So the Academy, you know, I feel, the first point is to teach them a skill that, that that will help unlock other skills within them. Right. You know, is the academy just for the baby? Oh no, no, no age, no age. But it's really more youth. It is more youth orientated. You know. Mm-hmm. It's actually, I'm plugging myself, son. I got skills, I got future. I got a future. I'm pretty. Hey, I'm 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 pretty nice with it too. I've been doing it since the age of five. I just I just got myself in the archive, man. Okay, well, got myself in the archive, man. I will tell you when when I go to uh to um Oakland and I teach a class. You know, my boy Reef is up there. Reef one, he like respects our whole history and culture so much that he's been influenced that he's been blessed to fly out uh, at times like 50 to 100 artists of the like the, the, the first generation and second generation of graph writers mm-hmm. in the bay area to paint schools you know and what we found when we go and teach these classes that we do for the kids out there you know, it ends up unlocking, you know, but he was like, 
like same hieroglyphics that were on the on the on those walls. That's right. Mm-hmm. But what we noticed is that when we sat and taught the metaphor, there were kids in that class that couldn't even draw and said, "I don't want to do this." But then once they started doing it, mm-hmm. doing it, by the end of that semester, they were bona fide graph writers. And now have gone on to be muralists and designers and clothing designers and advertising and you know different things. It's like you know, muralist. I never even heard of that term before. Muralist. Mural. Yeah, muralist. That, so this is the debate that I have a lot with a lot of the pioneers because they always say that that the music and all of this is first. And I was like, it's always the art first. You know, but we had a renaissance. It started with art, mm-hmm. then the music came. You know what I'm saying? When Europe had a Renaissance, it started with artists first. You know, artists is what the imagination. That's right. Allow a group of people to say we can imagine anything. We can do this. You know. So the art is the first leg of hip hop. It started. When I interviewed Melly Mel, Kumo D, all of them on Grandmaster Kaz, they said, yeah, you know what, Faye, you are right. I was tagging first. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We always tag. DJing, MCing, any of that, they was tagging first. I was yeah. tagging in my notebook. I was tagging on the back of my clothes, on my pants. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was tagging on the back of my clothes. I'm like, why are you destroying the clothes I bought? You you're writing all on your clothes? You yeah, I'm bored. And, you know, and this is another shameless plug because I'm glad you put up art. And that and that and that thing I that I wrote that says Adams, right? Ooh. Adam Adams is an acronym for Art Developed Undeveloped Mind. Art Developed Undeveloped Mind. So I created this image of a uh-huh. of a of a light bulb, but it's a brain, and it's called Cracking Adams. Mm. Wow. Uh, okay. So look, look out for that. Look out for that. Look out. Why is it? Why we, the debate you talking about though, Faye? Where's that? Where does that come from? You know, in the world of hip hop, like hip hop as itself is just a, the the culture itself is just yo, it's amazing. So we have an internal debate now in hip hop also about which came first. Man, I mean, it's it's so bad that we even have a, a debate on what borough it started in. We always have that. People have made documentaries. I don't debate that. I'm from the Bronx. We all, we all, we all from the Bronx, man. So I don't debate, bro. Yeah. So what's next? What's next for King Fade? Um, right now it's just these drops. You know, I got like about five different drops coming up. I got uh. Something going first of all, the first drop is going to be with uh, with, with Yams Day, you know, which is the 18th. Okay. You know, that's coming up, that's in three days. Uh, after that, me and LL Cool J, we're doing another drop for Rock the Bells. Okay, uh, another brother, Alexander, wow. crazy. you know, so that's going to be that's going to be something really 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 crazy um doing something with pro club i don't, I don't know if you heard of pro club yeah 
They are the ones that created the white tees, you know. So they're they're pretty big here on the West Coast, the pro club tees. Okay. That's where remember the Shaka tees in New York? Yeah. Well Shaka was the partner and he just pretty much took the formula and went to the East Coast with it. But it was those same type of quality cotton t shirts, you know. Mm-hmm. started doing on the East Coast, you know. So Pro Club was the granddaddy of that. You know, they started out in 86 and I started out in 86. So, you know, we did a little collab together. You know, this is all like future, future stuff, you know, going on. And right. then me and Justin are working on, you know, um, we want to do something different. We want to do something that, that, uh, we don't want to stick to the traditional way of doing a film or, or a documentary, you know. We might have some, because I have an archive of photographs, you know. Right. What if I take one of my photographs and then have that photograph come to life? Yeah, but, you know, that I gave, that I, I showed Justin with, uh, well, my cousin, he's in Elmira, you know, chilling, boom, he's goofy on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he's around today. So it's like, we can explain something about that, but then it comes to life. And then the actual person is talking about hip hop, you know, hip, talking about his experience in hip hop, talking about his experience, you know, as a young man going through Elmira and going through all that whole, you know, that portion of it, you know. Right. Just, you know, just wanting to be different. Wanting That's to be right. different. That's know? right. And I'll tell you something, man. One of the things I'm, I was most amazed out, and I call it a dope fade. Plug it as you want if you want it. The, um, the dedication you did for fight. How long did that take, yo? Mm. Oh, man, believe it or not, only two days. Really? Mm. You see how big that shit was? That shit was crazy. Yeah, I think about eight hours because it was like four hours yeah. one day and four hours another day. That was a dope joint. That was a dope project. Bro. I mean, he was the homie, you know. I've been on yeah. tour with him. So it was a work of dedication. And, and a lot of times I, I see the vision first and then I know exactly what to do. So then everything is kind of, for me, like paint by numbers. Mm-hmm. So the size doesn't even like. Didn't even matter. Yeah, not at all, you know? How so, big was that? Uh, Probably 40 feet high. Damn. By, by eight feet wide, maybe. Uh, big as a motherfucker. Yeah. But it was dope, though. I appreciate I appreciate why. I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy. Like, Thank you, man. Thank God you. God bless you, bro. Uh, tell me, tell me this. Like, how, uh, 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 I saw I, I saw the, the the piece that you did for the, uh, Diana Ross's uh, uh, daughter Tracy Ellen Ross. How did you link up with her in, in order to give her that piece? Dapper Dan. Dapper Dan. Okay. Yeah, he came to LA and he said um, they they're gonna interview me. So he was like, "Come on to the interview." And when he told me who it was. I was like, okay, I'll be there tomorrow. And I, <laughs> real quick, you know, like about four or five hours, knocked the shirt out, had it. Uh, me and my son went up there. I waited to the end. And then I knew if I approached her, uh, you know, it might, they might 
take it as a groupie. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So what I did, I sent my son through, and he just crept through the crowd, went up on the stage, and he was like, and she was like, oh my God, you're so handsome, and da da da. And I was like, got him, you know? I got something for you. He was rather my dad did something for you. She was like, what, for me? You know, so you gotta understand one of the formulas is that a lot of people in those positions, people just take from them. You know, nobody gives them anything. Mm -hmm. You know, corporations give them stuff because they feel that they're gonna get something back. But that's still cold. You know, nobody gives them something personal. Right. That's right. Oh, here's my Birkin bag. You know what I'm saying? Here's my, you know, Alexander Wayne, whatever, you know, but give them something personalized, you know? Mm -hmm. She opened it up and saw it. She just, it was like hitting all the senses, hitting up every palate, you know, with different tastes. Like, wow. Yeah, it gave her everything. And that's who she is. And she was like, I can't wait to wear this on the show. You know, she might wait now, three years. Tell me this, uh, whether Justin or, uh, or or King Fade, um, are there any artists or entertainers that you haven't worked with that you would like to do a piece for? Justin could go. Show us now. Uh, yeah, they both, <laughs> they both went to the Rolodex. What y'all doing? Y'all got stuff <laughs> That was uh, no, I, I mean, I, mean, I just want to, I just want to produce and put out where I have a fade. That'll be a, a great thing to do. Something that you know, it's, it's personal because I've known him for a long time. Right. He's mm -hmm. met my family. He's met my family, and um, I met his family, and it's a lot of history in what he's done. Um, other than that, I'm not really interested in anybody else. Other like, uh, there's one individual, Ryan Kruger. I like it. Okay. Right, right, right. You know, you can open and everything like that. So, you know, it's a lot it's a lot to talk about. Right. Shout out to Ryan, too, man. He's doing an excellent job. What about you, King Fate? Is there is there an artist that you haven't worked with or is there a dream artist that you didn't do a piece for yet? Uh, Off the top, I would I would say the Marlies. Mm. I definitely love to work with the Marlies. Um, primarily, maybe the youngest one who just came on the scene. Um, I forgot his name, but he. Oh, he, uh, Skip Skip Marley. Skip, yeah. Yeah, Skip Marley. Yeah, Skip Skip Marley's doing a lot of a lot of heavy stuff out there on the radio. Yeah, yeah. you got got yeah. some nice hits out there. Yeah, him. Uh, definitely Lauren Hill directly. Right. Directly. Um, let me see who else. You should do. You should do a Tracy Ellis Raw for a hug. I have his shirt already ready. <laughs> it's them baby boys. Them baby boys. Out there. <laughs> baby boy out there. Say hey, baby boy. Go give it to him. <laughs> I mean, dude, I mean, everything else is pretty much set up. Like you know, like all the people who I haven't worked with that I'm going to work with, you know, it's already paid for it. You know? It's just it's just a name when when it hits them and, and they go, okay, yeah, let's let's do something together, you know? It, the timing I think everything is just is already set up. Mm -hmm. Everything is set up. So I, I can't really think of 
anybody beyond beyond that right now. This maybe um maybe uh Man, I don't know. That's pretty tough. That's pretty much. Yeah. Well, tell you what, I have, I have, I have one more question, right? Um, are there any exhibits or pieces that you guys haven't put out for the public yet that you guys kept as like a personal, you know, art exhibit that you didn't put out to the public yet that you might release or you just want to keep it to yourself? I think it's, it's a time to, to show, you know, what I have. I have an archive. And, you know, I'm an archivist, so I have tons of photographs, thousands of photos from, from, you know, from 74 all the way up. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom gave me a camera. Like, I got zillions of photos. Got a lot of new artwork, you know. Bro, yo, 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 Josh, you got your work cut out for you, brother, with that documentary, bro. <laughs> oh, he got, he got oh, material. Yeah. He got material. Yeah, material. Material. Oh, yeah. I have, a, I have a lot, I have a lot of his stuff in my archives. No. <laughs> I can imagine. Got stuff, bro. But good, but good work though. Good, honest, bro. I mean. You can take your time and, and, and use your imagination as widely as you want to use it and come up with a masterpiece, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As it was written. That's right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let me ask the other question. What 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 kind of um, collab would you like to see, like the Shirt King Academy brand? You know, like who do you see? Well, look. Since you I would say Rob go first and on and I go last. <laughs> yeah, Since you asked, I, I, I said, you know what? I'm gonna ask the brother just because he's a guest on the show. If he put something together, then I want to use Pinky in the Brain. I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I want the brain, right? I want the brain. In a Mount Clear black bubble, lean up. <laughs> you got the system and everything. Lean up on a black Maybach. <laughs> okay, okay. Talk, talking some real shit, like uh, I don't know. Crazy <laughs> out there, son. But I, I see the other day, and the brain had a, yo, he had a, he had a, he had a. He had a he had a cap on a, red, a nice cap. I was like, she look hot. I said, yeah. it, it just so happened we about to do an interview with Shirt King. I said, I'm gonna ask that brother to do that. <laughs> okay, that's 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 my that's 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 mine, right? Okay. I would say I don't in terms of like characters and stuff like that. I don't have like a specific um person like person wise. Personalized, like for like for myself. No, like, I mean, like the same question you asked me, but I'm regurgitating it. Like, right? Would you like to see him work? Yeah, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, that's yeah, that's what's going. On. Yeah, I was. I, I honestly, I think I'm open. I think any, like like I was alluding to earlier, 
seeing these young designers and seeing these kids now really take over urban streetwear and fashion and seeing the Supremes of the world and seeing the um the Ronnie the Ronnie Feeks with with um Kit and seeing like Stusty and seeing all those different brands, you know, do that thing and come up, figuring out how they reach back and incorporate a King Fade into their design. If I could see that, yo, I'm 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 good because I'm all about paying homage. I just I feel like that there's a continuum when we talk about hip hop and I, and early on when hip hop started, hip hop was not monetized the way it's been monetized today. today. And I just feel like the people who were the forefathers, the creators of the culture, the first breakers, the first MCs, the first DJs, the first graffiti artists, those are all the people who paved the way and laid the foundation, but they didn't reap the financial benefits. And I wanna see now that corporate America, white America, um, mainstream America, whatever you want to call it, now that they've reached out and they opened up the floodgates and they're embracing it and they figured out a way to monetize it, I want to see them give the shots to the people who pioneered it and pay them for what their contribution to the culture is. So I don't give a fuck if it's a stick figure on the shirt. I want to see y'all be compensated the right way, the same way I want to see the, um, the, the, the cool hurts of the world. Like, you know, my father-in-law is working on a documentary right now around breakdancing. And I had an opportunity to be in the room when he was interviewing Cool Hurt. And yo, and it was a powerful, it was a powerful interview because just listening to Cool Hurt and knowing his contribution to hip hop and then seeing some of these other people who haven't contributed anything to hip hop, but they have mansions, you know, and, and they're mentioning all these conversations where here it is, the man that we all recognize, well-renowned, like this is the man who fathered it that you know that they they don't get to just do so anytime our pioneers at this culture get embraced by the new folks that that's that's all i need that so collaboration any way you can marry anything that's going on now and to see the young kids take it on and embrace it that's a win for me that's all i need yo and i i'll say this also you know like yo i want to i give you i want to give you your props your credit and thank you for your contribution to hip hop. Cause like I started out by saying earlier, you know, to me, graffiti in the eighties, people was recognizing and acknowledged that graffiti was a big part of, of creating and helping the growth of hip hop. But for some reason now, here we are in the 2000s and 2020, and people act like, you know, like graffiti, like graffiti wasn't the shit. Just like you said, like people weren't doing graffiti before they picked up a microphone or before they started DJing. Think about it, yo, K Slay, DJ K Slay. Graffiti artist before DJ K Slay. Yeah. Right. No. Shout out to K Slay too. Yeah. 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 KRS One. Yeah, KRS One, exactly. I do got some names now, like um, uh, Virgil. Definitely will work with Virgil. That'd be dope. Yeah, that'd be dope. Um, I will work with LeBron for sure. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Um, you know, hopefully I, I get in on that uh, um, Space Jam too. You know. Yeah, that, I, yeah, that'd be perfect for you. That'd be perfect for you. That'd be the universe. That'd put that out there. Let's put that out. That'd be dope. And definitely um Ronnie, like we spoke a couple of times. Okay. From Kiff. Yeah. We spoke. Like I have relationships with all these people. Like we, we talk. You know, we talk here and there. Um uh I guess we're waiting for the right project. That makes sense. But as long as the youth 
you know, keep coming in my direction, I have a better hold than they do, you know, because they've gotten so big that, you know, they might be disconnected and I'm I'm still with the, with the young ones that are like, you know, with the ASAP Bari and the, and mm-hmm. the you know, uh, Seventh Heaven, you know. The people out there into the street. Yeah, they exactly. In the street, that know what it is. And making a million dollars in two yeah. days, you know, off of pop ups, you know. And once you know you get too big, you kind of lose that edge. Mm-hmm. I'm still with Edgy. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, definitely would like to work with uh, with um, David John. You know, we spoke about it recently, mm-hmm. so we see how that manifests. Yeah, you know. Yeah. We have Willie. Esco. I actually know Damon John's. I know I know Damon John's business partner. Uh, you know Carl Brown. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know Carl Brown personally. That's that's one of the four founders of Fubu. Um, but I would say I would say um, what I would like to see. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if it's built yet, but I know that Nas was um working on this hip hop museum in the Bronx, I would love to see your work, Justin's work, and other people that was a major influence to this to this art form up in that museum in the Bronx. Oh, which one? Which, which museum? Don't they have Universal Hip Hop Museum that they um? No, but see, no, I, I think the one that Nas is a part of, it's not, it's not fully built yet, if, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's like another year or so. So with this particular uh, hip hop museum gonna be built in the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. had uh, we had Willie Esco on the show um, a couple of months ago too. He's a very good dude. You know, he does he does a lot a lot of good shit. There's a kid you should check if you haven't checked out also at um, Jersey. His his joint is called um, By Kai. His name is Cool Kai. And he mm-hmm. yeah, he Cool Kai. That's like, the one with the fashion line, right? Yeah, that that young is yo. He doing he's doing his thing. Like he he's not only like designing, but he's also doing like his own distribution. The dude opened up a warehouse where he actually manufacturing. Yeah, people all Malcolm X shirts for him. That's me. Yeah. 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 yeah, I got a homeboy that I knew since '96. Uh, Demont Pender. I don't, I don't know if you heard of the artist Demont Pender. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's my homie. Yeah. Um, I knew him since like nine six. Uh, we had him on an interview se- several months ago, and uh, you know he's real tight with Amari from uh, you know the guy that played uh, Ghost on Power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we got a business together, but yeah, they they got some dope stuff coming too. But I would definitely love to see you guys uh, like you know just just have something in that in that new uh, hip hop museum that's, that's 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 being built. That'll be pretty dope right there. Yeah, make that plug, man. I'll, I'll, work, I'll, I'll work with um Michael B. Jordan too, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's about to. No, I'm saying I would work with him. I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay. Something, something with fashion, you know? But what I'll do too, um, I'm going to reach out to DeMont um, sometime tomorrow and have him link up with you because DeMont, DeMont got a lot, of, a lot of dope stuff too, man. And I'm sure that, you know what I'm saying, you was an inspiration for him. I, I want to know about that, that museum for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, what you do? Any comments? What you want to leave us with, man? And yo, thank you again for agreeing to do this. 
thank you guys, man. Like, not a problem, man. I mean, shout out to you too, Just. Shout out to Just. Shout out King Fade, man. Definitely appreciate you guys coming through for this platform, man. It means a lot. I'm gonna leave you all with this this quick thank you, story. Thank you. you know? But um, we know when 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 this this deals with with adversities of life, like you know. When things go on in your life, you never know why they're happening. Mm-hmm. And it, it take it might take years for you to see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, why did this happen? You know. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I say that to say, you know, when I was standing in Dabadan's spot, you know, '89, and um, or I was actually '90 or '91. It was '90. And you know when the store got shut down, you know that was out in DC. So he was like, "Yo, just bring me the jeep." So I went and drove the jeep down to him, you know. And um, you know the MCM jeep that was there, right, right. all the videos and the girls and um, LL Cool J, uh, big old butt video driving Dapper Dan's jeep and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know we were we were talking recently and he was like you know trying to figure out why certain people are coming to him now why they're attracted to him in a certain way and have befriended him you know right and um and i really went into my closet and prayed about it like you know now i realized why so when they shut that again down right i'm not from the south so I had no reason to be down there. Right. But as a pioneer and what I was doing, you know, Dapper Dan was the same thing. He took me all over. He took me going toward Chicago, Detroit, going in that direction, you know. Right, and, right. And, you know, and, right. And then took me down all the way, you know, Texas. We never made it to Miami because by the time we got to Atlanta, they would buy all the clothes. Mm-hmm. Basically, we took the show on the road. Right. You know, when we got to Baltimore, there was some dudes there who, you know, we was, well, they were dapping them, were sitting in the Jeep. And um, the dudes came through and pretty much, you know, saw the Jeep and was like, yo, this look like some Dapper Dan stuff. And the dudes turned around and was like, like yo, is this really Dap stuff? And a song was like, yeah, this is Dapper Dan. It was like, Dapper Dan's in the, in the car right now. And they looked and it started a friendship relationship with some cats in Baltimore. And the dudes in Baltimore was like, yo, come to Odell's tonight. And we'll oh, go down oh, every oh, day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, hey, 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 King Faye, you know, Rob used to live down in Baltimore. That's a whole nother story. Oh, yeah, Rob used to live down in Baltimore. Odell's Hammer Jack. Oh, I forget Yeah, about. I remember Hammer Jack because, yo, I, I, I live I live in Maryland right now. I'm from the Bronx. I lived in Jersey, but I live in, I live in Maryland right now in College Park, like five minutes from, from, from D.C. I skate, but Rob used, to live, yeah, Rob used to live in Baltimore. Oh, my goodness, well... I'm, you know, I'm all over the place, man. I'm all over the place. So you know about Odell's then, right? <laughs> yeah, Kid Charles used to be one of the owners. So, yeah, so went up to, they went up to Odell's and they sold everything out. So mm-hmm. they 
the relationship with my boy Tank. So when they found out that I do the airbrush, that was like, yo, they want the airbrush out there. You come on the next row, on the next run. Right. So I came out there and I end up not looking back because I met a chick out there. So I ended up living out there and I was like, that was oh. and That's you how you got caught, huh? I got caught the same way too. Met a chick and they <laughs> Yo, 17 years, I met a chick at the harbor. Right, oh, that's where I met her at the harbor. They're in the harbor. They're in the harbor. Hey, they're in the harbor spot, man. Yeah. That was a hangout. I met her at Mount Diamond. My bad. I met her at Mount Diamond. I, I, don't, I, don't mean, I don't mean to digress, and I know you want to finish your story, but I met, yeah. I met her there, and I was working at FAO Swords. Oh. As soon as I came back, as soon as I came back, I put my two weeks in and I moved to Baltimore. So. <laughs> Same thing, bro. All in one month, yo. All in one month. Yeah. That's crazy. No hesitation. No hesitation. My people yeah. was like, yo, you leaving? Yeah. I'm like, I'm out of here, son. Your niggas ain't doing shit. Yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm out there, you know, so that when he comes through, he picks me up, he comes to the house. You know, or he'll leave clothes there, you know, and he'll just go back, get more, come down, boom, and we make our, our runs. So the whole New York knew that I was in Baltimore, you know? So, you know, popped open a little shop out there, you know, Baltimore's a gold mine for New Yorkers, you know? Sure. Yes, sir. Whatever you did, if you went out there and sold car rims, you know, you just, you know, <laughs> turn it you yeah, caked up, you know, and DC caked up. Mm-hmm. So, um, fast forward, real, just, just run it down. I had no reason to be in the South. Right? So that was my reason for being in the South. The whole New York knew I was out there. So at the same time, I'm going back and forth to New York, and I'm shopping my boy Chase. Chase was part of the shirt king, but he was a rapper also. Chase is from Marcy Projects. So I did a, I got Chase to do a demo tape and we went up to Atlantic Records and I was shopping him with Carl Kent. Carl Kent with my peoples. Mm-hmm. The head A and R. So while we up there, you know, Clark is like, yo, this dude sounds like Jay-Z. He's like, why would I sign him when I can get the real thing? But nobody knows where Jay is at. And I was like, wow, you right. You know, he was like, yo, Fade, if you can find Jay-Z, Jazzo, and Chase and make them a group, I'll make you a rich man. I was like, well, Jazzo thing ain't gonna happen because he's in the community in Brooklyn, you know. Right. Going right now, and he don't want to do this no more. Jay, nobody can't find him. So my only option is Chase. And he was like, well, do what you could do. I end up going to Baltimore, and out of nowhere, I get a phone call from my homegirl who just happened to be a mule for some cats in Brooklyn. Brooklyn left the hotel. I've been in here for a whole month. I ain't got no money, no nothing. She was like, please come get me. So I jumped in the Jeep, I'm on my way. But then I said, you know what? I called her and I was like, who's the dudes? And she told me who they were. I was like, oh no, I ain't not getting in them dudes' business. <laughs> I was like, 
Nah. And I told you, like, there was some real good dudes. They did. They will be back. They meant it in words. Mm. Sure enough, about two weeks later, they came back, took care of her, you know, paid her out, sent her back to New York. She was like, yo, you was right. You was right. She said, I'm glad I stayed. But they gave me more money than what I thought. Mm. Mm. So then she was like, yo, she gave, she was like, yo, he said to call you. She was like, Jay said to call him. Here goes his phone number. And I'm like, Jay who? And I was like, oh, call JV. You know what I'm saying? Let him know that that Clark was looking for him. That's how he met Dame. He went, he ended up going to uh, wow. New York on a humble, mm. up to the office. History. 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 You know, mm-hmm. and Clark Kent is putting it in his book, you know, and he's verbally been saying this story to a lot of people. You know, he got on the um, clubhouse when they were doing the uh, Jay-Z's birthday, December 4th. Yeah. But, you know, 8th the 4th, yeah. Kashima, December 8th. Jay-Z, 4th. December 4th, yeah. yeah. I'm and they pulled Clark Kent up. They thought they were going to hear all this other stuff. And he was like... They was like, how'd you find him? How'd you, like, you the greatest A&R? He was like, I would've never found him if it wasn't for my man shirt, King Fade. He said, none of y'all would've had no jobs if it wasn't for him. Like, But like you said, it, it, it was a step on faith and things was to happen and you went to South mm-hmm. and got the ball rolling and didn't know that that was gonna turn into what it turned into. Yeah. That's major history right there too. Damn. Well, oh, that story's gonna come to light soon, you know. That's right. Sure. Well, Sir King Fade, we appreciate yeah. you. Big Jeff. We appreciate you too. Big Appreciate both. Salute everybody. Thank you for pulling up tonight to the No Ideas Original Podcast. Peace, everybody. Peace. Peace. Original podcast. Peace, y'all. Peace. Thank you for having me.